And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Ah, I love that. Go ahead. Ah, give it, baby. Give it. I'm All right, sore. man. We, we <laughs> sore. Come on, man. I've been flat. I had I had to actually help flap my wings to get that plane to freaking get to where I live, man. <laughs> tough, tough. I'm telling you, people you are trying. They're it. trying to take me down, Josh. It ain't gonna happen. They can't do it. Can't do John, it, baby. John, they had you grounded for more than 24 hours. I think that's holding you down. I've been grounded, <laughs> man. I've been grounded a lot. It's. Horrible. I'm gonna be honest, John. We they only let you back into Tennessee outside of Dallas because I wrote a letter to Joe Biden. Okay, and I said, please take this guy off the no-fly list. Please get him home. We have a podcast to do, ladies and gentlemen. And boom, Mr. Joe Biden said, you know what, Mr. Thompson? I'm here for you, buddy. I got you. <laughs> Joe Biden said, what? Uh, and he said, huh? If you got something near and dear to your heart, you should. You know, well, anyways. Well, shit. All right. Look, all good. Go to wayandhippodcast.com. Pick up some of our merch. And uh, I want to thank you guys for continuing to support us. Hit that subscribe button, though, and that little thumb and the little bell there to get notifications from us because we drop shows at all times. Now, if you guys are not hitting that bell, you probably don't know about this show or the other show. We drop side by side with this one. We dropped two shows for you guys this week because Big John didn't make the show earlier, so he felt like he had to make it up to you. So Damn I'm going to suffer and listen to him talk some That's more. That's right, baby. You got to go through like hell. like to suffer together. That's the you know way what? this is. The only Misery thing that company. makes me happy at this time anymore in my life is just making you suffer. <laughs> yes, every <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. Like it's not even fun anymore doing the Bellator shows with you because you're always picking on me. <laughs> you bit me. I did bite you. I did. I did. I did. Um, all right. Look, let's get into some news. Uh, we're gonna do some news, some highlights, news? Uh, like some news? news talk. We're gonna talk over some stuff, and then we're gonna get into some fan questions, man. Uh-oh. Uh The the last show we did a recap of the weekend that. John did basically, and I just kind of, I'm like, I was like the hype man on that show, just kind of like cheering him on from behind. Like, <laughs> that didn't come out. That didn't come out right. No. Cheering him on from behind. Well, you do whatever you want from behind him. Go ahead. Yeah, that didn't sound good. That didn't sound good. This special edition of the Wayne and Podcast, we're dropping a special show just for you guys, but. It is brought to you by mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in. They're going to give you a little extra spending cash. And we are going to give you some advice sometimes, but not this week because there's no fights this week. So make sure you guys pay attention to our shows. Hit that subscribe button. Pound that subscribe button, I should say, and the thumbs up and the little bell there for notifications. But go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code Wayne in so we can give you some odds and numbers that we think you guys might be able to pull some money in. Use that promo code Wayne in at mybookie.ag. Okay, guys. Obviously, there's been some some stuff going around on Twitter. I want to, I want to, and I, I, I'm a huge fan. John and I t- talked about this last week. We are, we are, and I am, I am specifically, especially, especially, especially a huge a fan of of Chris Cyborg. I want to make sure this is clear. In no way do I wish for her not to be able to fight, whether it's with Bellator, UFC, or anything like that. The way of the sport 
is what I am talking about. Is the 145 pound division is becoming obsolete. That's what I'm talking about. It has nothing to do. I would love to watch her fight. I would love to continue to watch keep watching her fight. And I'm talking my perspective from a promotional standpoint. If I was a promoter, which I am not. Okay. I think you should like get some background here. What is what is the okay? The background is is I had mentioned. I like the podcast is finally paying attention. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the advice. The background is is this is from a promotional standpoint. There's nobody else for her to beat in, in Bellator. She had a really good fight with uh, Arlene Blankow. This well, there's one. There's one. She yeah. There in there's one in in Kazingano. Yes, there is but, the Kazingano fight. That but Chris is on her. I think she's done with her contract or renegotiating or figure something out right now. I don't know. I believe that's the situation. I I would I'm fine with seeing her fight again. I'm fine to see I'm fine with seeing her sign with the UFC again or not the UFC but with Bellator again or the UFC or whoever. The bottom line is this: I want to see her fight, and then no way am I saying that the that that women's MMA at 145 should go away. It's just there's not there's there's not enough women at 145 in any of the promotions. Well, so let's just add the add what actually happened, right? Because what happened was that triggered this was that uh, you had said Aspen Lad going to Bellator to fight Cyborg was a waste, right? Yeah, I thought I think it is a waste. And Tell she me why. took that and Tell Cyborg rep- Cyborg replied to you saying, "Josh, I don't know why you you said in your tweet Cyborg would smash uh, Aspen Lad, and somehow that was interpreted by Cyborg as." I don't know why you're attacking me in the featherweight division, Josh, but the truth is <laughs> women like Aspen Ladd are built for 45 and will have a longer, healthier career. Blah, blah, blah. She's still on 27. Leave her alone, basically. But no, somehow no, no, no. Cyborg misinterpreted what you no, said. No, no, no. No, no, no. That's, that's, okay. see, you're, you're, that's things. There was, there was some stuff sent to me through my DMs in my oh, Twitter. Okay. And what was said was she had listened to the show. Now, okay. my understanding is that she doesn't handle her DMs. Okay. That's my understanding. <laughs> okay. So if she doesn't handle her DMs, do we so have the DMs another... are coming from somebody else? They're coming from somebody else. Okay. Because Who? I don't recall. Hey, I don't know. Here, let me know. I know. I, I know. I can, I can say it. I can say it too. Yeah, you could. My, here's my thing is I'm not going to say it. Okay. My thing is, is I want, there is never in my life. Maybe, maybe I've missed it. Have I ever heard Chris Cyborg say the shit that, that she said to me in the DMs? <laughs> I, I've never heard her speak that way to anybody. I've never heard her be that way. Maybe she is that way. I don't know. But I have never. She's and I've been around her a lot. And she's not that way. No. And I'm, I'm going to stick with that, John. She's yeah. a fucking fantastic person. Yes, she is. I, I believe that. And that's from what I have ever met of her. And known she's of one her. of the kindest people you will ever meet. She is extremely nice. Now, the shit that was said to me, I was like, all right, well, all right, you're mad because of what I said because I heard your show is what was said. I watched your show or I listened to your show, you know, blah, blah, blah. And what did you say on the show? Well, no, I and I had said what I was talking about. I had said, as a promoter, <clears throat> she costs a lot of money and it's not just her. Cats and Ghana was not she cheap. She deserves either. a lot of money. She deserves a lot of And I agree with that too, John. Yeah. I, that's the thing. I agree with that. I agree she deserves a lot of money. She's put, she has brought 
She is she's, one of she the... She has helped she's elevate women's women. MMA. She's yes. helped elevate women, yeah, period. Absolutely. Like, she's helped elevate women's MMA, but she's helped elevate women um, to the standard that they can be out there fighting at the highest level. They can be out there headlining shows. Doing main events, and right. do, Doing main events. Doing those things. Her, Gina Carano, Marlos Conan, like uh, Ronda Rousey, you know, uh, Misha Tate. Amanda Nunez. Amanda Nunez. All of them. Um, Holly Holm. All of them have done something for not just females, but I mean, not just the female sport in terms of MMA, but for females across the world. Young females look up to them. I'm not I'm not here to have that argument. My Mine was strictly, my point was strictly from a promotional standpoint was as a promoter her cat uh you know i know that dana white's come out publicly and said look amanda nunez we keep that division around for her i don't know if we're gonna keep it around much longer for what we pay her yeah. and that's a, and that's exactly what i, well, I said it's something a, it's very a truthful similar. statement based upon if you're the promoter and you don't really have quality opponents or someone that is not recycled as an opponent to put and to get people interested in it's tough to promote that great fighter even though they're great when people have already seen them fight that same person it, it becomes difficult unless John, it was a ever, great fight the first time have you ever watched the harlem globetrotters yeah who's the team that they always beat washington generals there you go that's what we're <laughs> fucking getting every single time <laughs> i okay. just I'm being honest, and like then when I when when Aspen Ladd so was released, so basically you're saying you know the outcome before the fight, so it takes some of the interest away. Yeah, I mean, the, outside of Amanda Nunes, she hadn't lost in what 13 years. Yeah, some, it was some crazy amount of number of years. Ten years at She's, least. Yes, at least ten years. I think it was 13. I just I love her as a fighter. I love her as a person. I love watching her fight, but as a promoter, to pay the amount of money to to have her, and I make this point is because. Bellator let go of of um of Michael Chandler. And in letting Michael Chandler go, because they didn't match whatever the UFC had put the offer in. They could have. They just they released it. They could have. They were they were considering it. They they wanted to keep him. They kinda like, you know what though, he's done everything that he's set out to do. Let him go try something else. That's what mm -hmm. I love about Bellator and I love about Scott Coker as a promoter. Yes. He's like, Look, we've we've kind of ran our course, you know, and uh, it's okay. Go do your thing. And I feel like with the hundred with the hundred and forty five pound division for females, there's just not enough of them out there. With that let go of with Michael Chandler, right? We were they were able to sign uh Usman uh Nurmagomedov, Tofik Mosayev, they have signed uh Alexander Shabli, they have signed a ton of lightweights with the amount of money that they were considering to pay Michael Chandler. Mm -hmm. Now you freed up some capital. If you're trying to build a promotion with young stars, Michael Chandler's 34, 35, I think, 35 35. years old, pushing 36, I believe. He's got a couple more years left in him. But what about building the up-and-coming talent? Chris Cyborg is, she's older, but she's still very dominant, and I'm going to yeah. stick with that no matter what. And she's a dominant be. fighter. But if someone wants to look me in the face and, ask them, and tell me an Aspen lad's going to beat her or give her a good go, you're... you're you're blowing sunshine up my ass, buddy. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that nonsense. All right. It's, hey, Josh, it's, just so you know, I think Aspen Ladd could beat her. Yeah. It's tomfoolery, <laughs> man. Tomfoolery. I thing, like that. The other thing is she fights at 35. 
but she has never she hasn't made it in a long time, missing weight, all these things. And then, but then, John, you're now going to put her up to 45. If she, if that was the case, she should have went to 45 a long time ago. She's not going to do well her first fight. And if you're going to say, bring her on, her first fight will be against Chris Cyborg. Are you trying to get this poor girl killed? <laughs> like, that's my, well, my point was, this is, like, overall, how this all started was, and just to go back and kind of recap it all real quick, is that I said, as if I was a promotion, that I wouldn't pay. I wouldn't pay to keep Cyborg and I would sign a bunch of new talent, you know, in other divisions or I would sign or I'd create a new division to sign a bunch of new talent into. Whether it's 115 for females or whether it's, you know, 125 for males, whatever it is. I don't know. I'm just simply saying the amount of money that you save. And I didn't just mention her. Who else did I mention? I mentioned the fucking heavyweight goat, Fedor Emelianenko. He costs a lot of money too. And I, and John, you know, I'm a huge fan. I know you are. Love we are guy. huge fans of him. But I'm just talking about the strictly the business point of it, or the, the financial side of it all, is you can sign a ton of young, great talent that is out there. And when everyone says, oh, the UFC has all the best talent or one has a lot of this, there's so much talent out there that we just haven't discovered or is out there. That we just, that promotions haven't quite got their hands on yet. They're out there. And you just, the building them up in your, in your promotion is how you do it by not spending money on fights that you've seen several times. Arlene and her will, if she stays, Arlene and her will probably fight again within a fight. Well, if you know, and then you have Kat that's there as well. So you have Kat and you've got Arlene. Outside of that, there's no other fights for her. There's none. So maybe sign another two fight deal. If you were to sign Aspen Lad, which now I believe Aspen Lad's at PFL. Aspen Lad just by, signed with the PFL. <clears throat> now, but there who is she cre- signed. Who is creating an entire weight class now? Yes. <laughs> at 145. Upon. Yes. Be- because they're trying to entice Kayla Harrison to go down to 45 to have more females to fight. Here's, here's the thing to look at. And this is. And the, when you're looking at heavyweights in MMA, male heavyweights, mm-hmm. how many great fighters are there? There's not. Okay, and that, and that's the real thing. And understand, long ago, when, you, when we did the unified rules, people don't realize there's the heavyweight division. The heavyweight division goes from basically 206 pounds up to 265, 266 if it's not a championship fight. And then there's a super heavyweight that goes from 266 and above. No one uses super heavyweight. Why? There's not enough good athletes. There's not enough good fighters. And that's the problem. And that's the problem the PFL is finding with Kayla Harrison at 155. It's stretching the limits of what the featherweights at 145. There's just not a, a good grouping of good fighters to be able to have that weight class. It's very difficult to find a quality fighter in that weight class. Well, then to have two quality fighters or three or four or five or six, it's just difficult. 145 has been difficult. There's there's obviously some in there, and you can put Amanda Nunez and Cyborg. You, know, you can't put – Kayla's fought there one time. You know, and when she fought in Invicta, I believe she fought at 145. So she can make it, but – She's really fought at lightweight most of her career at 155. So it's a matter of 
how many good athletes, good fighters do you have in that weight class? You can take a look at Bellator at one time. They had a top 10 that was okay. I, Bellator right now I think has maybe eight women in their top 10. Yeah, but they've only got. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, you can take a look and be honest, and you got, and you got to be honest about it. You know, Leah McCourt just won her last fight. She won it against Diana Silva, and she's probably ranked six, five or six in the featherweight, you know, division. Is she ready to fight Cyborg? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, you just look. I love. You go, the, I love. Look, I, lo I love her as a fighter. I think she's a tough, tough uh, lady. I think she. I love her story. Everything about. It. She's ranked number four. And she is not ready to fight Cyborg. And so you're looking, women's featherweight, top six. There's seven fighters that are listed. Cyborg being the champion, then Kat Zingano being one, Blenko, Kavanaugh. The problem is there's just not a deep pool of fighters in that weight class, and that's really becoming the problem. John, real quick, Dave, look up the UFC's 145-pound division. Oh, that's going to even be worse. That's gonna have one. There she is. <laughs> there she is. There the is one. One. Yeah, the champ. That's it. No, yeah. there is no rankings at all past just having Amanda Nunez as the champion, and that that's tells it. you everything there is about the weight class. And this it's, is not an attack. A, that's and it's a problem. No, it's a problem. Yeah, it, it needs to be problem. figured out. Yeah. You know, because obviously, I think there are women there that you know, you look and you say. Should she be fighting bantamweight? Should she be fighting featherweight? You know, there are women possibly that are fighting bantamweight, maybe Aspen Lad that should be fighting featherweight. But that's their choice. You can't just tell them, oh, you've got to fight this. I mean, a promoter can try and say, you know, this is where I want to put you, but they got to agree to it. Yeah. You know, and it's just, it's a, it's a tough situation. And I think you're talking about not the fighter in Cyborg. You're looking and saying, as a weight class, we've got a problem with this division and something needs to change so you can have somebody like Cyborg make the kind of money she makes. John, you, I'm glad you're here because fucking I was stumbling over my words to get that same <laughs> damn sentence out the whole freaking time. It has nothing to do with Chris. I love no, she's Chris wonderful. to death. She's a wonderful person. She's a fantastic fighter. Yeah. This, I don't want to see her... I don't want to regurgitate the same fights over and over. And it's not fair to those same fighters too. going, all right, look, I'm going to keep getting to the title and never get a title, never going to win the title for the amount of money she's making. And I do believe she deserves all that money. She does. Yeah. But as a promoter, I just, I also look at, I'm like, man, we can sign a lot of talent with that, with, with that amount of money. And I feel the same way about the Fedor situation, you know? And, and look, this is all stuff above my pay grade. Yeah. Well, this I think no part way. of the problem is, Somehow in there, they're thinking because you work for the company, you have some say, and someone's listening to you. We have no say. No one's listening to Absolutely us. They don't give a not. damn. <laughs> Absolutely not. I got no say when it no comes to this. No say at all. Yeah, uh, I mean, but... look, um, the, the PFL is having the same issue with we you know with well, Kayla Harrison, and 55. you take a look at that. You take a look at the PFL situation now that they sign Aspen Lad. They're going to be building a one for. What are you building? Who are you bringing in? Yeah, you know, this is where it becomes difficult as a promotion when you have a dominant fighter, which Cyborg is, which Kayla Harrison is, which Amanda Nunez is, 
it's tough to find those people to put against them to have a competitive fight that people will pay for because they want to see a competitive fight. They don't want to see one where they know the outcome before it happens. And the problem that the UFC is having at featherweight, the problem that the PFL will have at featherweight or Bellator is the amount of people in that weight class is just limited right now. We need a much deeper pool of athletes to go into the 145 pound division and compete there. There's three right now, three. And we are, again, one has fought there one time in Kayla Harrison. But if you were going to sit there and say, let's have competitive fights at 145, I say, okay, let's put Amanda Nunez against Kayla Harrison and Kayla Harrison against Cyborg and Cyborg against Amanda Nunez. That's your competitive fights. Mm -hmm. That's the one that people, I, I'll pay pay-per-view money yeah. to watch those fights because those are great fights. Yeah, you, where the PFL is going to have a problem is you didn't just say the fact they're going to have a problem with fighting All of their girls and their lightweight are going to go down to the featherweight. Yeah. <laughs> Except for one. <laughs> but I think she she may end up going as well. And I think if she does go, because who else is she going to fight? But the but problem, the problem is, Kay though, John, go ahead. the problem for Kayla in, in, in saying that she's going to go to 145. Look, Kayla is, you know, I, I, I don't know how to say this without making someone feel, you know, Kayla's a beautiful person. I love Kayla. She knows that. She's a big girl. I mean, she is put together. She's a brick house. I mean, mm -hmm. she's, she looks fantastic. To go and to fight on the schedule that the PFL makes her in losing weight that many times, that yeah. is different. That is not easy, and that's why Shane Burgos yeah. is saying, I'm going to go to lightweight in the PFL. I'm not going to fight at featherweight because I can't make the weight cut that many times that often based upon their season. And I look at it, look, even if she does go and decide to try to make that weight that often – what you're going to run into, it's going to be the same four, five, or six girls every season because there's really no new additions. You may get one new addition that falls out of the UFC, or you may get one that falls out of Bellator, or you may get one that comes up through Invicta. You're going to get one new person every, maybe once a season, maybe once every two seasons. There, Like you said, it's just, just not enough females in that weight class. Yeah realistically if i was to match up every promotion i might have a top 10 maybe maybe have a top 10 well you don't have I'd a top 10 like, because look at there's only one one promotion that actually has a featherweight division where they rank them and that's yeah. bellator and we got seven women in it right now it's it's crazy it is and so so I if, I put, if sure. I put if i put amanda in there there's eight and if i put kayla in there that's nine it's still not a top 10 no. <laughs> unless i put aspen in there you know, and so, but that would look this in, and Chris, if you're listening to this or somebody that is DMing me is listening to this, <laughs> I want you, I, I want you to know I got nothing but love for you. A lot of respect for you. Um, I admire you as a fighter. I think you're a fantastic athlete. You're definitely a great person. Um, in no way am I trying to attack you. I just wanted to make sure it was said right here across this versus through Twitter and 140 characters. Or whatever the fuck it is, I just wanted to make sure that you, I you understood that I was looking at it from a different point of view and had nothing to do with in terms of attacking you. And by the way, you would still smash Aspen Lab. There, yes, I said it. <clears throat> That's she all. Was. I had to. I had to get that out there because 
I just knew that if I got on Twitter and started responding, it would have got it would have got twisted. Other people would have chimed in. I'm like, what you know I hate what? about Twitter, 140 characters. You can't people people ask me questions like you expect me to answer that with yeah. 140 characters, really. Yeah, it's like it 280 or some shit now, but it's yeah, like it's it so matter. much. I'm just like, look, I don't even want to get into it. I don't want people chiming in and talking shit either. I just want to be able to say things like this are a matter where you've got to say it, you know, and I actually just got to give her a call probably. I can't <laughs> tell your Maybe. tell your guy, tell your guy to quit making your um your videos and stop DMing people. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, let's see. What else you got for us there, Dave? All right. All right. Let's talk about uh, Bo Nickel now. Um, so going from beefs over to stardom. Uh, Big John never get the chance to really talk about this uh, on the last show. Uh, but since then, so um, Josh talked about Bo Nickel's kind of stardom in the, uh, the UFC. Um, the potential of the Hamza fight. You know, DC saying he'd walk, he'd he'd smash Hamza. And then Brendan Schaub saying that this is the biggest signing in UFC history as far as star power. Um, and so Josh addressed all of that. So John, we'll get you a chime in there on that. But additionally, Bo came out and said on Aerial Show uh, that he, if he was in the prelims, he'd retire uh, because he feels like he's too big to be I in the prelims. That. Since then, he came out on Twitter and said, "Well, actually, you know, if the UFC has ten stars, right, which makes five fights on the pay per view, then yeah, I would fight in the prelims." Uh, what do you guys think about that? Like, is that acceptable? <laughs> basically, first so, off. Let, let, let's be honest about it. Let, 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 let's take a perspective on this. Bo Nichols has never even fought in the UFC, and he's already got people talking. Yeah. Okay? Based upon his two fights, if you want to say that, you know, for people that didn't know who he was in the Dana White Contender Series, he's got people talking. Now, anybody that knows his background and has watched him in his collegiate career, this guy is a fucking stud of a wrestler let's just be honest now you know talking about all the people that you know he's gonna fight dan lambert's a pretty smart some bitch dan lambert owns american top team down in coconut creek florida he's been doing this a long time dan's been involved in the sport he's been involved in brazilian jiu-jitsu for a long time he's black belt he is a very intelligent man someone that i have a lot of respect for he built an entire complex, Josh, an entire facility up at College Station based upon one guy and the ability to get that guy and then to bring other people from the Penn State team onto American Top Team, and it was Bo Nickel. Now, if Dan Lambert, who I think you've known for quite a while, mm -hmm. and you have a little bit of respect for some of his you know, choices and opinions— if Dan Lambert does that, not that's not just back him saying, hey, this guy's going to be something. He's putting a lot of money behind him. He's putting a whole lot there behind him. It's telling you how good Bo Nickel can be. Now, that doesn't mean he can't be beat. But if you were going to take a look, again, walking in, he's one of the top wrestlers in the sport just walking in right now. Kamzat Shemaev, great fighter. Is he ready for him? I'm not sure, but if it was a wrestling match, Bo Nickel will wipe the mat with Kamzat Chimaev. He will fucking smash him. He will fucking tech him. He will pin him, whatever, okay, in a wrestling match. Now, that's not an MMA fight because there's the stand-up, and I'm not sure 
you know, Bo, Bo's got some learning to do with everything too. And but hey, I love the fact that he's got the confidence he has, and he's making these statements. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to believe in your in yourself, and you're supposed to be able to go out there and tell your promoter, "Hey, I ain't the fucking guy you put on the prelims. I'm your fucking." Main card, main event guy. I'm the guy people are going to watch. Who else is going to be the one tooting your horn right now? This is what Connor did. You know, and a lot of people can sit there for a, a long time and not like what Connor, you know, is doing now or anything like that. That's all up to them. But Connor became who he is and what he has done based upon opening his mouth, saying, I'm going to do this, and then going out and doing it. And when he was doing it and he was called Mystic Mac and everything, this is what Bo Nickel is kind of starting right now. Now, he's got to not only talk the talk, he's got to walk the walk. But he has the talent to make that walk. I I, I would have to just ditto everything you just said. <clears throat> um, look, I don't. I, I agree. Like If he was to be put on the October, what, 22nd UFC car with Islam and Oliver, yeah, there's no room for him on the main card. No. no room for him on the main no. card. No. But he can headline. He can headline the the, pay, the prelims. The prelims. All, all sure. day long, have him yeah. headline the prelims. Absolutely. Um, He's a talented fighter. He still has a lot of growth. I'm not ready to say he's going to beat Shemaev. Um, you know, and look, but it's a fight. Anything can happen. If it was a wrestling match, who would win? Uh, he would win. He, okay. It wouldn't even be close. There you go. You know, he would tech him. He, yeah, yeah. All those. Everyone I've talked to, and I've seen Bo Nickel wrestle since so he was. So yeah, since he was younger. Uh, he's very talented. He's always been talented. Not that Chimaev's not talented. He is. No, I... Yeah, but he's not on his level. Different levels, different styles of wrestling as well. Yes. Chimaev may pull some funky stuff out, you know, or whatever, but Bo will have a counter for it because Bo also has kind of has some funky style as well when he hits the mat. So there's a lot of good things that Bo Nickel will do on that wrestling mat. In terms of fighting, though, Bo Nickel seems like he has power. He's got power in his hands, and he seems very strong. He's a ginger, so of course he is. And <laughs> and and you know, in terms of his submissions, he's coming along. Um, his last fight. Look, and I know the talent level wasn't quite there. Yeah. The only <laughs> thing, you know, like when the reason why I say, hey, when it came down to him and Chamayev, you're saying they're gonna fight. The the and when I'm just picking little things apart, John. I noticed that when he had the he got the top position with the triangle, then he rolled over, gave a, he gave up the top position to go to the you back. Don't do that against you a good fighter. Cannot do that. You cannot do that against a top ten fighter or a top eight fighter or a top five fighter. You just can't do that. Chamayev's in that talk in that top two or three, probably almost in both weights classes, eighty five and in in seventy. You can't do that to someone like that because nope. they will make you pay. They will make you pay. Their their submission defense is extremely good and on top of all that they've got power in their hands they know how to ground a pound they know how to really slow you down they know how to do all those things so I, I do think that he's on the right path he's doing the right things he's saying all the right things and he, like John said the Connor comparison is based off the fact that he's going out and doing the things that he says he's going to do that's and that's very important that's very important if I tell you I'm going to get rid of these chumps I'm going to get rid of these chumps and he does he goes out there you know, knocks him out or he taps him or he puts it on him and he goes out there and does exactly what he's supposed to do. I'm all for him. I'm going to slow the hype down a little bit because, look, let's be honest. UFC is not going to allow him to go fight someone like a Chimaev in three or four no. fights. They are going to slow row him. They're going to pay him a little under the Which table. They They're going to make sure he's taken care of. 
They're going to make sure that, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's happy. All of these things. He's young. They know what they have with him. And I'm sure here, the same thing happened with Cain Velasquez. I'm sure there's tons of buzz around their gym and from reporters going there trying to cover his sparring, saying, showing how he's messing up this person, he's taking this guy down, he's dominating this guy on the feet. And they're like, oh, he is. Okay, okay. All that stuff is taken in. We couldn't get Cain Velasquez a fight until we got him signed to the UFC. He got signed to the UFC after like two fights or one fight. No one wanted to fight him. Nobody. I think it was all the fights. media. I think it was two fights. Yeah, because he yeah. fought in Strike Force was his very first fight. Strike Force, and he fought in uh, Bodog. Bodog. That's right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So those those were the only two fights he had, and then he got signed to the UFC. He no one wanted to fight him. We couldn't get him fights. Everyone's like, nope, nope. I heard about him. Nope, nope. I yeah. heard about him. Boom. There yeah. it is, right there. Dave just pulled it up. Strike Force, Bodog, UFC. Thank yeah. So much. those those were his fights, and it was. It really just came down to that's kind of where Bo Nichols going to end up. Like he had to sign with somebody because no one, Buzz was going to be out. They're like, all right, all right I can't fight this guy. This guy's going to derail my chances of getting the UFC, you know. And so, that's exactly what I think was going on. And so I, yeah. I think he's doing everything right. So do I. I have no problem with it. Like, again, a lot of people can talk. The guy can yeah. back it up. He's yeah. good. And he's gonna be great. So, stand by. Slow roll him though. Slow roll. That's him. it. I, I always say slow because once you get up there, you can't go backwards. Well, you know, and if you the, do go backwards, it's bad. Yeah. Well, the comparison, if you really want to go with it and look at it, is Aaron Pico. Yeah. Okay. Same type of wrestling backgrounds, as far as different path, different way, but both fantastic wrestlers. Bo Nickel really was never a boxer, but, you know, has been doing MMA for a while and, and practicing, you know, things while Aaron Pico did boxing and stuff. But, you know, Aaron Pico, for everything that he is as far as a wrestler, everything he did in preparing himself, you know, in boxing and stuff, it takes time to understand fighting. It takes time to be a mature person as far as understanding the elements that fighting is about because being able to fight and understanding fighting are two different things. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely. Next. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk Aaron Pico. So you guys saw his update video. Oh, there we go. I just injury. talked about him. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So I'll let you guys um, get into that on his shoulder update and his injury. Yeah. Well, we talked about this on the other show, so you're gonna have to watch both of them now. But on this one, we're gonna make we're gonna sum this up pretty quick, so you guys can go to the other show and watch it if you haven't already seen it. It really just comes down to he had a separated shoulder; they couldn't get it back in. And you know, he's a dog. He's somebody that wants to fight. The line that really and I, it, people were buzzing about it was he literally turned to Herb Dean and goes, "Hey, don't stop the fight. I need, I can fight. This is how I feed my family." And it, that fucking hit me deep, man. That wasn't Herb Dean. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, Aaron turned to him and said that during the fight. Or whoever the ref was. Blake Grice. All right. Yeah. So whoever it was. <laughs> nice story, though, with Blake. I mean, with Herb, man. Yeah. Herb all, was, the refs look, all, all the refs look alike to me. We all look the same. I <laughs> so that, that really, that really kind of, that was, you could hear it over the speaker. People were saying you could hear it over the TV. Yeah. And it's just like, oof. That sucks. Well, and again. You know, as, as if you listen to Aaron now, he says, "Hey, 
you know, they had to stop the fight. Like it was a good, it, it was the right thing to do, and it is the right thing to do in the moment. Yeah, he wants to go on, but it wasn't. Sometimes shit happens. It just is what it is, and it's better for him to take, I guess, a loss, even though people are not. You know, everyone will look at that and they're gonna go, "Oh, that's yeah, not really a loss." You know. When when Chris Weidman breaks his leg against Uriah Hall, yeah, he he lost, but eh, it's not really a loss. He broke his leg. It was you know ten seconds of fighting. Okay, this is what happened. You know, this lasted around, but he separated his shoulder in the first thirty seconds of the fight, and then fought his way through four and a half minutes with a separated shoulder, which only tells you how tough that son of a bitch is. And then if you go to his corner during that break. And you watch Brandon Gibson and Craig Jackson jerking on his arm, not knowing how to pop a shoulder back in, and take a look at his face while they're doing it. It's emotionless, man. He's just—he's a fucking stone killer. And they're like, "Go ahead," you know. If you've ever had a separated shoulder, which I have, which you have, to have someone. <laughs> Yeah, on my fucking arm like that. Don't touch like, me. Don't touch dude, me. Dude, dude, dude. <laughs> hold on. Just wait a second. Like, give it. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Linda, Linda, honey, Linda, baby, listen, 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 baby, listen. Hold on, honey, listen, Linda, listen, listen to me, baby. <laughs> everything you can as they start to pull you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes. And he, dude, that dude was stoic, stone faced, oh, looking across, man. like, go ahead, put it back, and you know, they just oh. couldn't because they didn't know how. And it's, hey, that happens. But I don't. I personally don't believe that he loses anything. Do I think the guy's going to be a champion someday? I do. I think. He I will. think he has it in him, and I think he has the skill. And I think now he's got the mindset. And I think now, like I was just talking about, he understands fighting. You know, it, there is a level to everything, and it's under as much as it is physical. Fighting is more mental than anything. He's there now. He has been taught. He's figured it out. Obviously, there's always going to be something else, but he understands the fight game now, and he understands how to fight. It's different. I agree. I agree with everything about him, man. He, his mentality is just something that just – its if you're a young athlete, you guys got to pay attention. Just listen to what he's – what he the way he is, his mentality, and what he wants to do, what he wants to achieve, what his focus are, what his focus is how he goes about it, all of those things, his cardio, he's like... How he goes about it. That's the one thing you just said, how he goes about it. Because it's not just how much work he puts in. No, it's not. It's the attitude and the respect that he gives to other Pulling people like Carlos Condit and taking privates from Carlos Condit, those type of things. Hey, the the guy's got it. Yeah. The, you know, the who's the guy that he does his cardio with? Sam Calavita. Calavita, yeah. So he's in, you know, he's in the, he's in California and, and Pico's in Albuquerque. But Pico's sleeps with his heart rate monitor. He keeps track of it. He sends him over his heart rate. He sends him over his recovery stuff. He sends him over his meal plan on a daily basis. And he's just like, look, the fight with Jeremy Kennedy got pushed back when it got, when it got canceled for the second time. They pushed it back. He's like, look, I really feel great right now. He's like, I'm not going to take any time off. I feel like I can get stronger, though. So I'm going to go ahead and start lifting more. And Sam put him on a lifting schedule. He's like, 
I got to be honest. It's the best I've ever felt, man. It's the greatest I've ever felt. I was looking forward to that fight going into that second, third round because yeah. Pico's pace is just unmatched, I think, by a lot of fighters. And so I'm excited to see what happens in the growth of him. But you know what he – off topic. It's on topic, but off topic. You know who he reminds me of, though? Who? His body style and the way he carries it, like not the way he talks or anything like that, but his body style mainly, Frank Shamrock. Yeah. Kind of the broad shoulders. Doesn't he, He's ripped, but he's not ripped. He's got a barrel yeah. chest. You know, like he has kind of little the little side fats like I do. He don't but have like, no side fats. Look at that, John. That picture right there. <laughs> look, just because you just because you. That's called an oblique. That is not no, no, fat. No. That's muscle. That's. No, I've had that my whole life. It's called fat, buddy. It's called, you, no, I get what you're fat saying. Yours is fat, isn't it? Buddy, you so ruthless to me. Um, Frank Shamrock had the same shit, though. You want to like, see never side get rid fat, of I'll stand up here real quick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> save your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Ah. Save your eyes. <laughs> oh, shit. But if we wish nothing but uh, the best for Aaron Pico, man. He's an absolutely fantastic person. So yep. get healthy, get well, and uh, you know the journey continues, my friend, to that title. Good stuff. Um, all right, what else next? All right. Uh, well, we talk about one guy's recover from injury. We talk about the next guy stepping away from the sport. Kevin Holland says he is retired unless something magical comes up. What do you Magical. Magical things just pop up all the time. Old. Hey, I'm telling you right now. I t I've told you what he made for that fight against yeah. Jumaev. I'm not yeah. going to put it on here. He made good money. I'm going to tell money. people. No. <laughs> <laughs> you go ahead, man. I'm going to tell everybody. <laughs> but, you know, God bless him, man. If you want to step away, good for you, Kevin Holland. I'm proud of you, man. Way, way to, you know, come in there. You know, basically, you know, 2020 was his year. He had five, you know, fights, five wins or so. He's had, you know, some matchups that were difficult for him. Always, always fought his ass off. Had the problem with he talked too much and didn't pay attention in the fight so much. He would talk to people on the outside. But goddamn, man, you made your money. You're getting out. Good for you, brother. Good for you. Take that money, okay, and go Invest get yourself it. a fucking Batman outfit because you are fucking everywhere saving people and and doing everything. <laughs> he, he, he's out. He's a crime there. stopper. He's a crime stopper, he is a man. Crime stopper. You, you're missing your calling, buddy. Fighting was never your thing, okay? Go right to being Batman. Fight crime. No, exactly. <laughs> um, look, he made a lot of money. Yep. Just he make did. sure that you're, you know, you're spending wisely. Take care of yourself, whether it's investments or, or just uh, investments, because <laughs> there's you're not you're not making any interest in your bank right now. Buy so. dirt. <laughs> yeah, buy exactly. Buy, buy dirt. dirt. That's true. Buy dirt. Um, but I wish you nothing but the best. I think you'll be back. I, I think you will be back. Cause I, I think he actually, he, he likes fighting. He enjoys yeah. it. And eventually he'll miss it. Yeah. Hopefully it doesn't not, it doesn't take too long. <laughs> I want to see him fight again. You know I mean? Yeah. I'm, that's being I, selfish on my part. I, but I mean, look, if someone could walk away cause he did make good money, if he made good money, which he did and then move from there and, and. And to if there's something else that he does on the side that he want, there's something he's always wanted to try and get into. Yeah. Now you've got enough cash in the bank to go ahead and do it. Whether you want to go back to college, whether you want to get a degree in something else, I don't know what it is. You know, you know, become all those things. Yeah, whatever. Become, become a cop. A cop. <laughs> okay. okay, Kevin, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't John's do giving it. Me personal advice. 
Uh, that other than that, wish you nothing but the best, my friend. Uh, next. All right. Um, well, we talked about Aspen Lad uh, going to PFL, so we can actually jump over this one. Um, but um, in other news, oh, there's man. reports at one championship. Not reports. They reported it. <laughs> sure. So there is a report <laughs> from one championship. <laughs> they, um, they have a record high uh, $110 million in losses for 2021, and which totals almost $400 million. This is crazy. I think about this, Josh. The UFC, when Lorenzo Fertitta bought it, he went $44 million into debt before doing the Ultimate Fighter, which eventually was $54 million in debt. But at 44, he went to Dana White and said, find out who wants to buy this. Dan Lambert was the guy that wanted to buy it. You know what that offer was? Hmm. About $7 million. Okay, so now that means Lorenzo decided, okay, I'm not selling it because I don't want to lose $37 million, right? Wow. And they're fucking 110 for the year, 400 basically, 400 million for what they want to say is a total, which is probably more. How does a business lose that much money, and still survive. How? Tell me. Oh, maybe you don't want to. How do you still em- <laughs> How do you still employ the people that are running it? I did, like, like, honestly, any corporation, and I, I look. <laughs> if you had investors, you think they'd be a little upset? You think they would be saying, hey, what's going on? You would think heads would be rolling. Yeah. And better be careful because if you work for the wrong people, they may be rolling one day. Um, look, I look at it like they've got talented fighters. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're doing to spend that kind of money. You know, I mean, I, oh. I know what they're doing, but I'm Come saying on. like it's. You know yeah. exactly what they're doing and so do I. Yeah. We've talked about it. it. We're just not saying it on this. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a. It's crazy, man, to think $110 million lost just in 2020. Just one year. $383 million in total. And it's more than that. Yeah, but if you were if you were an investor, you would be replacing the CEO, replacing the vice yeah. president. Chachi oh, wouldn't have a job. Yeah, you would be thinking that something would change. But, hey, if whatever it is that they're doing... You know, maybe maybe this is a, a side, like a side. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to make shit up right now, John. Yeah, you are. Me. You are definitely <laughs> trying to make shit up. I'm trying to make shit up right now. I think we all know. We all know all what right. goes on there. Good stuff. They Good are. Stuff. As long as the fighters get paid, man. I think we'll be seeing the same type of thing in 2022. <laughs> it'll be about 120 million, and in 2023, it'll be about 150 million. And by 2024, one championship will have lost over $1 billion. I just don't want them to go away. That's I don't want the them to go either. I, I don't want them to go away. I want them I to stay either. around. I think yeah. them, PFL, Bellator, LFA, uh, obviously UFC, but like, I love that there is options for fighters. You know, maybe it's not where you want to go, but there's companies that have money to spend and have money to blow. On, on fighters, on on paying a lot of, 
Look, That's I had a lot a good of blow right there. I had a I had a good conversation with Eddie Alvarez last week. Yeah. And we talked a little bit in detail about, you know, um how well he was doing. Eddie's one of those reasons there. that there's three hundred million dollars. Eddie's contributed quite a few God of those. God bless uh, him. Uh, yeah. Quite a few of those zeros to that thing. Um <laughs> but he did really well. Sure he did. Holy shit, he did really well. I was like, damn. So anyways, um You're gonna walk away from what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. But, but look, overall though, um I, I told him I said, I said, why'd you wait, why'd you leave? What'd you do? What did, did you slap the shit out of you? Have <laughs> oh, you man. lost your mind? Oh, I fucking love Eddie. Uh other than that, look, I mean, uh some people just it's about the money. You just gotta go where the money is, and if they stick around, they obviously are spending money. So if you have an opportunity to go there and make money, do it. But okay, let's let's take a look at this and be honest. We'll say you were still fighting, okay, and you were, you know, the level that you were when you were fighting, and you came to the end of your contract, and we'll say that you were with, you know, Bellator at the time, and you're a free agent, and we'll say that you were 30 years of age. Oh, that's the end of my the end of my career. No, <laughs> end of your contract. I said. Oh, okay. I okay. said you were still, you know, the fighter that you were. That's you know, high-ranking fighter. So now you're a free agent, and you see that they are reporting losses for this, but they come to you with a big contract. Does it not worry you? No. You want to know why? Tell me. Because I know where that money's Mike... coming from. Because <laughs> no. <laughs> I know that, mo- that type of money never runs out. Yeah. <laughs> so... No, the reason why is because I, I, took, I would take note from what happened to Pride. And I remember when they end up selling to the UFC or to uh, no to one's UFC, buying a company that's that far. I, in I get debt. what you're saying. You're right. You're right. But you can also get held up that if a company does buy that, if some someone does, and people will buy it, but they'll just pay pennies on the dollar. That's what they'll do. So they'll, what they'll do is they'll essentially buy the fighters, which is what UFC did to. Pride. Yeah, you're going to buy the contracts. Yeah, they bought the contracts, but just like in my contract, no, the UFC Strike bought Force, Pride. They bought Pride, but not every fighter came over. Want That's to know because why? all of them had con- different contracts. All of them had different contracts. So I take note from that. And what my note was, which is what I ended up using on my Strikeforce deal, is the same thing I would have used in this deal. Is that if this, the company changes hands or does that, I have the right to renegotiate with that company separately from you. And I cannot be held in any part of your guys' agreements. That I am separate from everything you guys do. That's why I would not be concerned. Because once that company goes away and it's consumed by the other, mm-hmm. then I would just go ahead and say, hey, let's go ahead and negotiate on my behalf now, separately from you guys negotiating. You're not taking over my contract for no fee, no due. So when the UFC took over, I was able to renegotiate. They came to me and said, hey, you know, that's why I believe that's why they kept that. They That's why I believe they kept those. The They had a couple more fights after they bought it. Was they wanted time to look You're into everyone's contract? Yeah, Strike Force. They wanted time to look into everyone's contracts to see what they had, which fighters they wanted, and they also wanted to see how those fighters performed while they actually watched, while they were there at the events, while they who, which guys are we going to bring over? Which females are we going to bring over? Mm-hmm. So my contract was something separate. So they saw actually what it was, and then we renegotiated before I went into the UFC. I would do the same thing with one. You know, um, if I'm a fighter over there and I'm signing, if you were ever to sell, if you ever go out of business, 
you cannot hold my contract up in any court, anything like that. I'm released automatically from my contract. Okay. You know, that, that other than that, no, I wouldn't be concerned. If that wasn't in there, I wouldn't sign. But even if the company was, even if the fucking company was making billions, I'd still have that in my fucking contract. <laughs> I still would. Like, hey, no, if you sell the company, my contract doesn't go with it. It's just how it goes. And if not, and I've said this on Twitter, I've said this, I don't know, countless times. If you don't like the contract, don't sign don't it. Don't sign it. Yeah. Don't sign it. Now, if you guys are in it to, to be famous and you don't care about the money, then sign the contract. Great. If you're in it to make a lot of money and you don't like the money, then don't sign it. Go somewhere else that's going to pay you. It's up to you. Everyone keeps harping on this fighter pay bullshit. And I'm like, do I, do I think fighters deserve to get more money and more piece of the pie? Fucking sure. absolutely. Absolutely. But you guys continue but to sign. But they don't do the right thing. No, they they want their everyone's like, oh, they have the right to live out their dream and you know and fight in the UFC. No, they don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't have that right. If you guys do, you you do if you want to go ahead and take less, you know that like you can if you want. Like I know I know the other companies they have to pay more to get the top level talent. That's right. Because if not, then why would the top level talent come? They have to pay more, and so they do. And that, that makes it harder for their company to grow. So they're working from behind the whole time. But if you if you want to be famous. It all comes down yeah. to one thing, Josh. What's the most important thing to you? Yeah. Is it your bank account or your ego? Yeah. That's what it is. If you're a fighter and you're fighting with the UFC and you're doing well and they come to you, you have two fights left on your contract, and they come to you and say, hey, we want to re-sign you for another four fights, you can do that. There's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you say, this is the only place I want to fight. Great. Do it. But if you want to find out what you're worth because you're winning, and as we've said how many times, winning solves everything, mm -hmm. and if you are being a fighter that is winning and putting on good fights, it's always smart to get to the end of that contract and find out what you're worth. Yep. It's not going to hurt you. I've don't don't think that the UFC still doesn't want to sign you. <clears throat> they fucking absolutely do. They and do. I use, I use AJ Anthony Johnson as an example. I don't know countless Shane times. Burgos. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. Went out, got a ton of money. You know, and if he lives and he's out a that UFC, fights out, he's a UFC fighter. He wanted to fight in the UFC, and when he found out how much his worth was somewhere else, he goes, "It's not that important to fight for them." <laughs> yeah, smart man. But the other thing, though, too, he goes over there. Let's say he wins the PFL tournament or whatever. Yeah. He can come back for probably more money. Sure. They'll probably match what Absolutely. he was getting paid. They would oh, probably match. Oh, they'll give him more. He if, he, if he wins that. Yeah. They'll give him more. Because now every time. He's betting on himself. Is Love it. Bruce it. or is it Michael? Bruce Bruce Buffer. Every time Bruce. I was well, there's two. For a second. Yeah. So. Every time Bruce announces it, he will introduce or he will announce or introduce somebody, the former PFL champion or the former Bellator champion or the former Strikeforce, Strikeforce champion. champion yep. Because if that fighter loses to a UFC champion, it makes them look better, makes their athletes look better. It's their wor It's worth paying those fighters a little bit more money to see if our fighters can beat them. And if they Judge, can't, I don't think now, the UFC does that. They'll they'll do they, it with Strike Force. They, they don't do it with P they they they, they do it the companies nor, they own. Yes, the companies they Strike own like Strike Force, Pride. they do it. Pride they'll do it. They did it before. Yeah. Yeah. But 
They don't do it yeah, with yeah. PFL and well, the pride heard... guys are gone. <laughs> They're all old now. We're all old. Hey, we all fucking aged out. <laughs> hey, <laughs> hey, we did. I was one of them. No, fucking no, god. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Look how young, young I was when I signed when I signed with them and fought. Yeah, if if they, if they if like if they announce Michael Chandler, they don't say you know former Bellator champion, but in their commentary they'll talk about he was a Bellator yeah. champion. Yeah, but Bruce doesn't announce it that no, way. No, because they own they own the they yeah, own Strike Force and they, they own Pride. They own the yep. Strike Force, so they they do announce that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, next. All right, this segues perfectly into the next topic. Uh oh. Um, uh -oh. <clears throat> So, Henry Cejudo's kind of given his take on uh, Patricio Pitbull versus Alexander Volkanovski. Really? What did he say? What did he say? Um, so, you know, he, he, talking about the crossover fight that everybody's... You know, this has been a conversation for a long time now. Pitbull's said online that he... <clears throat> that, he would, that he would do the crossover. Dana, does, Dana doesn't have the balls and all that stuff. <laughs> um, I really want to get your thoughts on more so the Patricio piece of it and is he wasting his legacy by not going over to the UFC to compete amongst the best like Michael Chandler has done and is doing and is currently you mean like Michael um, Chandler who he beat <laughs> Michael Chandler's currently in the I'm UFC I'm just asking you a question I'm just asking you a question Dave, Dave Dave you seem to have like go ahead let's hear your, let's hear your comments on this Dave Come on, WWE. Michael Chandler is currently me, in the UFC. Yeah, Michael Chandler, who he knocked contender. out in the first round. Are you going to let that's me say, finish? That same, that same guy, the, the same, that same Michael Chandler, that he went up in me? weight to challenge for his lightweight title and knocked him out in the first round. Why that Michael Chandler? No. No, I'm just asking. Um, is the Michael, Michael Chandler, Chandler that is about to fight Dustin Poirier, and if he wins, will fight for the title next. Well, you know he's not fighting for the title after that. It'll be uh, Benel Darius if he beats Camera. It'll be Darius. Well, we also have that in our story, too. So. I know. Why don't we, do. we stay on topic for this one, right? I know it's hard <laughs> for you, John. Let's stay, let's stay sorry, on topic. Dave. Let's stay just, on topic. I know you've got dementia. You can't remember the question, right? Ooh. Um, <laughs> I think Henry... I think um, Henry... No. I, look, we. No. I think Henry Cejudo has made a very good point. We do need to see this fight, but it will not happen. And there's no reason for us to spend more time talking about it. Doesn't matter. Patricio well, is locked in. Volkanovski. My question, Josh. My question is actually on Patricio, and yeah, it is. And, and more so around: Is he wasting his legacy by not fighting out his contract and going to the UFC okay. like Michael Chandler has? Now, let, let me answer it for you real quick. All right. Okay, Patricio it. has been. Part of Bellator for a long time, and he's been a champion there multiple times. He's the current featherweight champion there. Alexander Volkanovsky is the champion over in the USA. And look, I think Alexander Volkanovsky is fantastic. I would love to see that fight. Dana White's the reason you're not going to see that fight. Scott Coker would make that fight. Mm -hmm. Scott Coker has nothing to lose making that fight, but Dana has stuff to lose making that fight now, and I'm not putting Dana down in any fashion here I'm saying Dana's being smart not making that fight because what does he have to gain in making that fight now you, your your point is this well Patricio just needs to fight out his contract and then go to the UFC right. well that's a nice concept but that's you saying that the UFC is going to pay Patricio as much as Bellator are they <clears throat> I think they would. You don't know. 
Yeah, you, know, you don't know. You don't know. You don't know. Okay, I and think, so I think they, would. they could pay. Say, well, we'll pay you this, and it's not what he's making now. So, would he be smart for going over there for his legacy? He has a legacy. He is the best fighter that's ever competed in Bellator overall. He's the guy that's won more championships. He's got more wins. He's got more fights. His legacy is fine. Yes, he didn't fight in the UFC. There's a lot of guys that haven't fought in the UFC that were great fighters. So I would love to see him fight Alexander Volkanovsky, but that one's not going to happen. But the one that could happen, the one that's a possibility is the fight that he has always asked for because he doesn't give a, you know, he, he, he put, he said, he personally said, I'll put up a million dollars of my own money and bet you that I'll beat Volkanovsky. Now, again, like I said, Dana's not going to take that fight and I understand why. And I'm not saying he's wrong. But he has, Pitbull has always said, I want to fight Aldo. I want to fight Jose Aldo because nothing to do with UFC, anything like that. I want to prove that I'm the best featherweight Brazilian fighter that's ever been. Everyone considers that Aldo is. I'm gonna, I want to prove that I am, and I want the fight in Brazil. He has the possibility of maybe getting that fight. Yeah. There's a possibility, and I would love to see that but that one's a possibility. This one, there's no possibility. Yeah, I look at I look at we're talking about legacy. If we're talking about just legacy, if Patricio Pitbull goes to 135 and beats Sergio Pettis or he beats uh, Rafael Stotts or he beats whoever wins whoever. this Grand Prix, whoever it is, if he goes out there and beats them, he will be the first three division champion in any in the promotion. sport. In the sport. Yeah. In the sport. And so for me, that is a bigger legacy. That's somebody that's willing to challenge himself where other fighters weren't willing to do that. And he did, and he's going to be trying to do that. It sounds like that's what his goal is. And if that's the case, he will have done something that no other fighter has ever done ever. And I don't even, I can't even imagine of a fighter attempting it. The closest one that I know of was GSP talking about going to 55. Henry Cejudo. Yeah, Henry's. Yeah, Henry's been trying. He's been trying to get that fight with Volk. Yeah, it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like Dana wants to give it to him. He'd be. The, he would be the closest one. That I, if I yeah. would look and say, I think yeah. he'd be the closest. But uh, you're right. GSP had talked about dropping to 155. Possibility. Just see, we're, here's the thing. With, here's the thing with Henry Cejudo, though, John. We're not going to see. Uh, people are thinking we're going to see the same Henry Cejudo that we saw when he left. No. He's been off too long. He's, we're not going to see that guy. It's going to take another year of us seeing him get back to the level that he was. Yeah. And then these guys have gotten better since he left. So that's going to be the hard part. And as much as I want, I would love to see Henry do the three divisions. And I think, I think it'd be awesome to see. I think now with Henry coming back and I think Patricio, you know, Henry was there for Patricio this fight here in Long Beach. They were all showed up together. There's some buzz going on that these two guys are talking about getting back together, putting the band back together, to start working together again because I feel like they were the best when they had each other. Oh yeah, no doubt they about it. They were fucking awesome. The that's when Henry steps. really started to become the guy that became the champion, the guy that defended against T.J. Dillashaw, the guy that went and beat. You yeah, know, Henry's uh, come out vocally and said he's fucking. Oh, yeah. He helped me so much. He said he yeah. was a. One of the biggest reasons why I was able to go to 35. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like a 25, 35. He's like, shit. He's like, we helped each other, obviously. Yeah. But Patricio is a big reason of my success. Fantastic. 
I want to go ahead. But Dave, you felt like it sounded like you had something to say. But I just think that what but, you're saying, though, right, is that um, it still leaves like a like a question on on that type of legacy. You're saying like if you and who's mine, yours. Yeah, if if I had well, three, and, and if, the I, general, if I was the MMA only, f- and the I know, general, but I'm, I, I give you saying, look, if he was to leave, if, look, in the general MMA community, okay, and you were to say that in the general MMA community, like just the casuals, like yourself, okay, if you were to say <laughs> that, like, ah, oh, you know what, he just was in Bellator, lightweight, he won the lightweight title there against Michael Chandler, but no big deal because Michael Chandler's not that good, defended his title, redeemed himself against every loss except for one that he's ever lost to, he's always they won, never gave came him a back. Shot. He never got a shot against it, but he came back and he's defeated everyone that's ever beaten him. Everyone, except for one. Then now he goes to 35 and he wins the 35 pound title there. And I want to say there's not one person in the whole sport that has ever done that. I think he's pretty much solidified his legacy. I don't care what any casual like yourself says, but who's going to talk just, about it? It will be talked about by every media source. It will be. Now it may not get the love that it would have got if it was in the UFC. It may not get the love. But it will I mean, be talked about. No, that's not the that's issue. That's the point I'm making. I look. I think here's the thing, though. For you, you've always cared because you like WWE, right? You've always cared <laughs> about being a star. It's true. You're the kid that wants to be in the spotlight and the bright light. Some people just want the money. Some people just want to know they did it for themselves. You know, not all of us are cut from the same cloth. Well, but but that's but that's that's kind of the question I'm posing as as. Is someone like that content, right? Is such an elite level? Are they content with just you know going home tomorrow? They're done fighting. They've got well, that money mis- in the bank. I think what done? you're mistaking though is you're mistaking fame with legacy, and that's not that's not what he cares about. You know, there's not a lot. Fame, there's though? a there's a lot of great. Yes, that's what not you're talking about. There's fights no. in the table. No, right? but there's there's a yeah, debate for the best featherweight. He can't, he can't get there though. Because contracts don't allow that. You can't, like, you cannot, like, you, as you're a champion, you can't leave. So right. for him, he'd have to lose his, or, and even if he vacated his title, he's still under contract. Like, that was like when, who vacated their title and then left? GSP. He was still under contract. But, do, but like doesn't Bellator have a back, different, different contract system? What's that? Bellator doesn't have a different contract system. No, no Bellator has the uh, same all, thing. If you're the champion, yeah, all promotions you, are the same. All promotions now have the same thing. If you're the yeah. champion, you just can't leave. No one wants their champion walking away with their belt and going fighting somewhere else. You guys can thank BJ Penn for that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you can. All right, next. All right, all right. Um, nice try at, at that whole legacy thing there, <laughs> Dave. I mean, I I just think that when you guys read the comments. Uh, later on this, you guys are gonna see there's a bit of agreement. There's a bit of agreement. No, no, anyway. no. What it, what it's gonna be is they they may agree with you, but just remember you're considering yourself to be equal to people in the comments. I want you to remember <laughs> that. Okay. <laughs> for someone who says, says he, "Oh, says he rags on there. me," he rags on me for reading the comments. Let alone this guy's trying to say he agrees with you guys now. But the MMA community uh, is in our comments, and no, I think that they're gonna. I think they're no, gonna agree. That's you really believe that the real MMA community is in our comments. <laughs> Wow! Yeah, <laughs> oh man! All right, you, um, too many, too many WWE up the top turnbuckle type <laughs> moves. Oh, oh. So, uh, I want to get your reaction to Benil Darius saying that if Michael Chandler beats Dustin Poirier and gets a title shot, we are living in a clown world. Can you pull up Darius's record, please? If 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 you're Benil Darius, I agree, because Benil Darius has done everything that he's been asked to do 
everything that he can do in proving who he is as a fighter in going out and beating all of the people. Pull that up real quick and take a look at that last group of fighters that he's fought. If you take a look at that list, all right, he's going out and he's he's fighting everyone. They're putting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins in a row. Yeah. All right. Some of those against good fighters. Tiago Moises, Drew Dober, tough dude. You know, Tony Diego Ferguson Ferrer in there. Is good. Yeah. Diego's good too. Diego's very good. And so you're looking, he's like, look, he's doing what he was supposed to do. If you have that many wins in a row and you have Michael Chandler, who is now what, two and two in the two UFC? Two and two. Okay. And so if he's three and two and you're, you win, we'll say he wins his next fight. So he's eight, you know, wins in a row. Who deserves the title shot? The three and two guy or the eight? No, as far as what they've done. Now, the biggest difference is put a mic in front of Benil Dariush and put a mic in front of Michael Chandler, and there's your difference. And that's why Michael Chandler will get the fight. I, I, don't, I don't know if Michael Chandler's going to get the fight. The, the reason why I say that is because Michael Chandler beat Hooker. Michael Chandler beat Tony Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Together... Their combined record is one and nine in the last 10 fights. Okay. If you want to compare that to this guy's win streak right now, and, and I'm not saying you are, I'm saying no. you're just talking strictly the off promotional talking mouthpiece. Michael Chandler is going to get the fight, which yep. I say 99% of the time is probably true. Yeah. 99% of the time. I'm going to disagree. I'm not, only say, here. I'm not saying that Benil doesn't deserve it. He mm-hmm. does. I believe he does based on yeah, what does. he did. Mm-hmm. But the the difference is, look at Michael Chandler on the mic. He's gold. Take yeah. a look at what he did with his, you know, fight with Tony Ferguson. I agree. The fights were all top ten guys, though. Yeah, the top ten. Look, but here they're they're lacking in the top ten. Let's not be honest. Like the the one in Tony had one in four fights, five fights, something like that. And then Dan Hooker. Had I think one that was in, his fourth fight, his fourth, fourth loss his, in a row. Yeah, so Third it's like he. Yeah, so anyways, <clears throat> they're hit they're in their last ten fights. They're one and nine. Now the reason why I say that I, I think that Darius will probably get it, and I'm gonna get it for this. <laughs> <laughs> is that Islam Makachev is managed by Ali. Darius is managed by Ali. And Islam Makachev's gonna walk through Oliveira. So now you have Ali's going to say, we want Darius to get this. <laughs> yeah, dude, I knew somehow this would come around. Ah, this is going to circle way, back around. And here we go. Sit. Here comes and the Darius, tidal way to bullshit. And Darius was already supposed to fight Islam. So that fight is going to happen because Dana White said, remember, because everything Dana White says is true. He said, I want to <laughs> see Darius and Islam Makachev fight. I just did the matchmaking for you guys, man. It's simple as that. This is what I really think is going to happen, though. I think Islam's going to win, okay. And when he does, he's going to end up having um, Ramadan. And I think in that process of Ramadan, of when Ramadan takes place, that you're going to have to see Darius versus Michael Chandler. Ooh, that's what I think is going to happen. Because this is going to get heated over who's going to get the next shot. This is going to get heated now. If Islam, if Islam loses, if Islam loses, I think you're going to see Islam and Darius fight. To see who fights for the title. And I think then that's how what's his name jumps him. See, hold on. If Islam loses, 
He'll fight Dariush, and then okay. Chandler will jump to fight Oliveira for the title. Okay. I think that's what's going to happen. Because then that put, that'll put, if he beats Dariush, that'll put Islam right back into a title shot because Dana likes Islam a lot because of the Khabib's connection and all that. And then if Dariush wins, he automatically obviously deserves his title shot. I think that's where you're going to play it at. I think that's how it's all going to play out. Hmm? I think Chandler is... He is the guy that the hype is behind right now and that Dana wants to get him there as fast as possible. And if right. he wins, he wins. If he doesn't, he doesn't. But I have a question. Yeah. If Michael Chandler wins the title, does that mean that everyone in Bellator still sucks? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just want to know. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. yeah. I just want to know if he wins. Yeah, if, as, if, as, soon, as soon as Chandler came to the UFC, he became just a completely different fighter. Yeah. But no, I have, an, I have another question. <laughs> Do you do you think he's gonna beat Dustin? No, I don't. I don't think so either. Damn, I don't think so either. I like Dustin, but I think Dustin's gonna be able to. Um, it's gonna be, that's not, but it's not a five round fight. No, it's a three round fight. It's three rounds. You still don't think? No. I think Dustin beats him as well. I just think the the Chandler's hard to beat in a three round fight, and Dustin's sure. a slow starter. He is, but he also the one thing you know. And this is my one thing. I, Look, I love Michael Chandler. I, I have nothing bad to say about him. But when it comes I do to that. the that's fight, I, I know. But when it comes to the fight, <laughs> Michael tends to lean towards, I want to entertain. I want you to be, you know, impressed instead of fighting smart. Do that's, you put any stock? And I know we don't, I know we're not supposed to, but I always try to like throw something in there because I know fans and comments and stuff like that. Well, I'm going to go back and read them and it, Really just gets me going. Do you put any MMA math into this one? No. The Justin Gaethje and the Justin Poirier and then the, the Eddie Alvarez and Gaethje and, and Dustin and you don't put any MMA math in there? Well, okay, let's be honest. Dustin beat Eddie. Michael's mm -hmm. beaten Eddie. Mm -hmm. Eddie's beaten Michael. Mm -hmm. Right? Gaethje's beaten. Gaethje's beaten Michael. Gaethje yeah. lost to Dustin. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's just fun. Styles fun? make fights. I fucking love this. <laughs> <laughs> fucking giving me a hard on. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'm feeling so good. It is. It is. All right. Next. All right. Uh, we will wrap up on this one. So I thought we we're doing I'll, fan questions. You know, we so we can we can get a couple in here. Let's um, get a couple in. Okay. Uh, right. I'm not going to talk much about this. I'm going to say okay. one thing. Dude, 50, 53 years old. It is what it is. It is what right. it is. So I made the mistake of posting this on Twitter and Instagram this time, and then people see me want to troll more with fine questions when you post them there. So um, oh, I'll wow. never, make that, never make that mistake again. Uh, uh, first question from Downtown Connor Vaughn. Vaughn. I have a titanium plate in my jaw from a sports injury. You always talk about plates and legs hurting the kicker more. Does my titanium jaw help or hurt my chin? Quote unquote chin. Doesn't does neither. I think it hurts you. Doesn't doesn't help it from at all. Can it hurt you? Depends on where the screws are at and everything. But yeah, it doesn't help or hurt you. It's you know if you can take a shot, you know as far as the pain of it. It is what it is. It's not going to make your chin stronger. It's not going to make it worse. It's not a good feeling pain, let me just tell you. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. I couldn't kick. I very rarely kicked with my leg after I broke it. I got a plate in it. 
We got a plate nine screws. It hurt. When, when you do something to be effective against your opponent and it hurts you, you mm. tend to stay away from it. Yeah. <laughs> a hard pass, my friend. Hard pass. Next. All right, next question from um, where I lost them. Sean Skeens. How do you think Prime Fedor would match up against other legendary heavyweights that never fought, like GDS, that he never fought, like GDS, Stipe, Kane, Lesnar, and Ghana? So I'll let you guys pick one each, let's see, and then go from there. I'll take the Kane one. Okay. I... Th- hard for me to say man put kane at his best and and fedor at his best kane at his best and 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 fedor at his best i would have probably taken fedor yep only only based on the fact that kane was always subject to submissions he was he was susceptible i should say to submissions they just no one was at the level to stop his wrestling his cardio his pressure all those things but submission wise he just he, no one could no one could take him down in the gym. Not even DC. DC would get him down. He'd pop right back up. Just couldn't do anything. DC wasn't given submission threats. I mean, Marcus Buchecha came to train with Kane and couldn't hold him down. So I, I got that part. But Fedor was one of those guys that like had a different style of wrestling. Kane would have shot. He would have probably tried to got. He probably would have tried to get hip tossed. You know, him being on top. Fedor was real quick with the triangles and the arm bars and. Hitting up the very Kimura, fast with the arm bars. Yeah, very fast with the arm bars. Good for the sweeps. Good, to, yeah. good at getting on top. So, uh, I, I'll take that one. I wanted to. Yeah, ah, that hurt. Yeah, that but by the way, right by the way, right hashtag, the free, hashtag free cane. Hashtag free cane. Uh, I'll take the Brock Lesnar because that one was close. That one was actually very close to happening, and even back then, even when Fedor was older. Brock did not have a good chance against Fedor. Now, Brock was known as a wrestler. He is a massive guy, very strong. Fedor fought too many massive, big, strong guys, way bigger than him, way stronger than him. The one thing Brock did not like was getting hit. And it affected him greatly. And Fedor had speed in his hands and he had power in his hands. And if you were going to take a look and say... Wrestling-wise, could Lesnar have gotten him down? Yes, he could have. You know, wouldn't have been good for, for Lesnar as far as he could have gone after ground and pound, maybe would have done well. Arm bar attempts and things would have, would have negated a lot of what he did. But if he ended up underneath him, wouldn't have been good for him. But on the feet, it was the real problem for Lesnar. I would have said that, you know, it would have been very similar to the uh, in my opinion, that fight would have been similar to Lesnar against Alistair Overeem, where you saw Lesnar unable to really take someone down because, look, a lot of good wrestlers tried to take Fedor down. Some of them did. They got him down, and he ended up switching the position on him, ended up in the top position, or ended up you know, grabbing hold of a submission and winning with that way. So those guys were just as good a wrestlers as Lesnar. And then... I look at the when you can't keep him down. Now you're on your feet. And if you're Brock, it's just not a good place to be. So I would have said Lesnar uh, would have had a problem with him. If Brock would have been on his back at all, it would have oh, just been just horrible. all like, over. Like a turtle. Yeah. I can't think of any other rest, any other top-level heavyweights. Like him and Stipe, I would have put I would have put Fedor. Um, him and Stipe would have been a good fight for him, though. Yeah. 
Stipe would have been a good fight for him. So him, the fight that I really would have loved to have seen would have been him in DC. <clears throat> like Kane is the 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 animal that would have just pushed and bro and try to you know get him to to. Fedor was always so calm and composed, and that style Kane would have maybe it would have had to been a, a twenty five minute long fight for Kane to start really kind of running away with it if he'd have been able to avoid the submissions and that type of stuff. That's a closer fight. The DC thing is it interests me because DC was like a smaller version of Fedor. Like just the chubby kung fu panda, fast kung hands, fu panda, baby. good wrestling, like no submission threat, but like he no. was you know, it was there, like the the takedown, the chain wrestling, all of those things. And in DC spent a lot of time wrestling Russians. Lots of them. Yep. So the hip tosses, the foot sweeps, all of those things. He was, he was always. He was very keen to, and just yeah. it would have made for a fun fight. It would have made yeah. for a fun fight. So I would have leaned towards obviously Fedor for, against both Kane and DC, but I'm definitely not counting either one of them out. Definitely not. Wouldn't nope. have. But uh, he just Fedor was just one of those guys for a heavyweight. Just had more tools, more all around MMA tools. He could take the fight anywhere. And that's what scared me a little bit with with Kane. There was no real good jujitsu heavyweights that he ever had to fight. They, you know, Frank Mir was kind of done already at that time in terms of jujitsu and stuff. This just wasn't the same Frank Mir that won the title against Arlovsky. Same thing when DC fought Frank Mir. It's like there's no real submission threat outside of that. There was during their their run, Verdum was the only real submission threat, and he was kind of making a run also, and he caught Kane. You know, but a lot of that had to do with Mexico City. It had nothing to do with Verdum. Yeah. That was the that was the altitude, all those things. So I'm really intrigued by the Kane and the DC setups for for Fedor. I would only lean towards Fedor because, like I said, he could take the fight anywhere. We're rolling on the Instagram, so let's, they're, they're mostly just fun ones. So let's all right, let's do it. Come on. All right, Check Flyer Twenty Three asks, "Who's Jiu-Jitsu is better in their prime, Josh or John?" <laughs> what <laughs> in their prime, Josh? <laughs> Oh, I never had a like prime. Like I said, look, if fucking Big John was to get on top of me, I already found that out fucking one day in the cage. <laughs> fucking like a tree. He, just ain't getting, he ain't getting away from me. I, I ain't getting away. He ain't, ain't getting doing up, nothing. Man. When they told me jiu-jitsu worked for small people, they fucking lied. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said Josh. See, oh, I'm humble towards you, my brother. I love oh, you. <laughs> All right. DRN Dog asks, how does Josh keep bodying Big John every week with 50-45 across the board? Every week. <laughs> I just smash, man. This is the easiest shit I've ever done. Not even it's close. not hard. It's not. You know it's do you know how hard? Do you know how hard it is to actually have to listen to some of the stuff that Josh says and realize, oh, my God. He really believes that. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, you know what's really great is, for once, everybody that listens to our podcast that watched Bellator last week realized how right I am all the time. When it came down to our face off, and John just oh, went you off lied on so much tangent. on that. You lied. You, you went off there. on his. Tangent. You sat there and lied. Let, okay, let's greatest. break this down now. See, here he goes again. <laughs> Look at him, and he's laughing his ass off. Because Producer, let, oh, no. bring up the highlights. I like, I like that part. That was great. But like, we have we have a producer that goes and says, Josh, who do you want? I want Pitbull, right? So he gets Pitbull. So I get bored. Okay, I'm supposed to talk up Borscht. He's supposed to talk up Pitbull. Okay, great. I have no problem with it. Don't care. 
And then my man Josh comes and says, I, on our podcast, you said he was going to jab his face off. I said, no. And I, I got to say, weighing in, by the way. Hold I on. Said weighing yeah, in. yeah, you did, which was good. I was proud of you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So and the truth is, I said, all right, what if he jabs his face off? He didn't put the what if because, see, that's not what Josh does. No. Josh you know wants to alter reality. <laughs> <laughs> and and I even said and I said and I quote which was not the quote by the way. No. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was sitting watching that show and Josh says, uh, "Hey producer, pull out the." And I pulled out my laptop and I was like, "Oh wait, he's not talking to me." <laughs> That's great. I can see Dave That's going. Awesome, Fuck, I, Dave. Can't, I can't find it. I can't what find the hell? it. Oh, uh, that was great. Uh, my fucking the producer in the I truck was like. He literally, like, everyone in the headphones could hear him say, that motherfucker, what did he say? <laughs> he did, he did. But I want to say this, and then this is true, and it comes from the heart. I have never had so much fun as I have working with my man, Josh Thompson. He's He is awesome. He is full of shit. I will tell you that. That's one of the things I love about him. We have a good time together, so. I do. I have a, I have a blast with you, man. And, um. And and a return on this is you know last week I went through you know some some hard times and I appreciate you being there for me it means a lot to me no problem brother so all right well hey we're gonna wrap this up I want to thank you guys so much hit the subscribe button uh, the thumbs up and the bell we obviously we're posting two shows today just for you guys because you know we because we uh, love we, you we do love you guys yes. and so we want to get a little extra content out there for you guys hope you guys enjoyed it go to wayneandpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch show us some love pick up some of the merch. Okay, we've got uh, some great shirts. I got the 10-8 round that I'm always delivering. And lately, it's been 10-7 against John, as you guys all know. And uh, But hey, thank you guys so much. Hit that subscribe button, and John, take us away. I forgot to say so. I got to say something real quick. He's mad at me. He's been mad at me for a while. Mr. Mike Beltran has been in the hospital. He has been sick. He had a, a real bad thing happen. So, Mike Beltran, I hope you get better. Get well soon. I'm sorry that you're... Uh, ill right now get yourself together and good luck with everything brother for thoughts everyone else out there i'm sorry go ahead thoughts and prayers to my boy thoughts man. and prayers man for everyone else out there i hope you enjoyed we are here to make your life a little bit more enjoyable hopefully we did that and we're gonna see you